<clears throat> yeah, get get those gotta peaking get levels out <laughs> right get now. It now. Get it out now at the part that gets faded over. Will had a little procedure today. And you do sound kind of funny. My right side is all sorts of shot up with all sorts of things. I don't think I would have noticed if you didn't say anything before we started recording. You'd have been like, were you drinking already? That's what I would have assumed. Definitely. Why would I be doing that so early? Hey man, it's after five o'clock. It's your day off. I think you can be forgiven for knocking back a little too much wine. You know, maybe at three. I, I mean, I want it, like, in a perfect world, I would have been like, oh, it's a light procedure. I can go have a beer and have lunch. Oh, no. no. I could not feel, as the song says, I cannot feel my face. Yeah. Who's that song by? The Weeknd. Oh, wait. Never mind. I thought you were making a different reference. Here we go the again. The Frank Ocean one? Yeah. No. There's a song called Novocaine, right? Yeah. That's a Frank Ocean It's one. a Frank Ocean song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You threw me off with The Weeknd there. But he does the other one. Oh, it is a Frank Ocean song, and I thought it was... I, I'm wrong. I'm okay. In, I'm, admi- okay. I'm admitting defeat right now. All right. No, wait. I thought there was another famous There's song There's two of them. Novocaine. There is... Novocaine is a Frank Ocean song. Yes. But The Weeknd has the, the like, disco-y, I can't feel my face when I'm with you song. That's got to be called something else, though. Yeah, who knows? Is that the song that's like, when I'm fucked up, I'm the real me? That's one of the I think lyrics. that's a different one. Oh, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. We don't listen to the radio listen, here. We, yeah, we can't keep We're track old. of the, the the modern R&B. Yeah, no, I, I, don't have, I don't have time or energy or, quite frankly, the will to do that. No. So. And the side of your face is droopy right now. It is? The right side of your face is a little... What do you mean? It is. It is. I mean, <laughs> it, your <laughs> mouth, your yeah, mouth corner <laughs> is one quarter inch lower than your other one. Oh, no. Oh, I just did the fingies to the, the corners, and righty's not doing so hot. <laughs> no, I was, like, trying to slurp soup, and I was like, and it was not working on the right-hand side. And I was like, I just want the soup in my mouth. It's so hard. Yeah, <sighs> I haven't been to the dentist in a while, but I always kind of like the Novocaine feeling hate it. after the fact. I like that floaty feeling. It's what re- floaty feeling? It's sort of like your face is a cloud. No. I mean, maybe if you get it balanced in one and one, and then you're like, woo, it's all just right here on one side. And they were just like, the one they pumped out real deep. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? So my, like, my jaw, I was like, can I can't, it's not. Even the, like, skin, I'm like, I don't even feel scratchies. Yeah, that's usually how I feel it is, like, more like on the surface. When you touch your face, you can't feel anything. No. It seems like you can use it, and then you go to slurp some soup, and you have a problem now. Oh, I had to, like, dribble seltzer into my mouth. Yeah. Like, on the right-hand side, like, Ugh. I was like, great. And now I have stroke mouth. This is the one thing about, the, like, wearing a mask in the public. I was like, well, no one can see me struggle. <laughs> yeah. Except when I was walking around, like, trying to, like, pull on the jewel, and I was like, people were like, what are you doing? Now? What is this mentally challenged man doing smoking a jewel? <laughs> Someone take that away from him. <laughs> like, who gave the elderly baby nicotine stick? <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
kids brush brush your teeth i don't know or go to the if you have the dental insurance use it so that way you don't end up in my situation well the story is you haven't been to the dentist in what three years yeah that's not really that long i I think that's pretty forgivable especially amongst us downwardly mobile millennials i don't think it's unusual to to take that long to go to the dentist i had a year of no dental insurance yeah and then i had i had it and then i was like whatever it's fine i think i'm fine and then pandemic so, you know, it's finally yeah, yeah. time to, like, you know, sh- what, what's it called? Like, scrape off the barnacles. Right. Um, a like, a good cleaning does feel really good. I oh, mean, I love they'll it. They'll make yeah. your mouth bleed, and it hurts for a second. But oh, yeah. Then it feels great afterwards. Your teeth feel all smooth. It's like getting mm-hmm. your braces off. You run your tongue over them, and it's like a whole new thing in your mouth. Oh, yeah. I was like, ooh, new teeth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So. But then there's some unwanted discoveries mm. back in the molar regions. Yeah. Um, do, why does it cost so much to do dentist? You know, good question, man. I don't Even know. with insurance, it co- it was going yeah. to cost $350, and I said, excuse? Well, this is the thing about dental insurance. It doesn't really cover anything. Yeah, they were like, oh. Your it, cleanings are free, and that's how they get you. But then you get there, and they're like, oh, you need all this work. And guess what? Insurance only covers a little bit of it. Well, I was like, wait, is that how, like, are you going to bill the insurance? And then I have to pay, how do we, how, how we do this? Um, Cause they're like, what were you quoted? I was like, oh, I was not quoted. We did not get a quote here on this day. Yeah. Like, like it's like a bathroom remodeling. Like I, like for like, oh, we're going to knock out some tiles. That's going to be, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I've ever been quoted without asking them, but I have asked them before, what is this going to cost? And then if you even raise the issue, they'll immediately lower the price. Oh. Because they want the money from the insurance company and they don't care about getting money from you. Mm -hmm. So they'll figure it out. Whatever's cheapest for you is usually best for them anyway. Yeah. I was like, I was like, uh, then they're like, oh yeah, they actually changed your treatment. Uh, it's 240. I'm like, great. So I think we only did like two and a half or one was just like, and I just got to scrape a little harder and it's gone. And I mean, you know, you know how I feel about insurance. It sucks. It's all a scam. But $100 per filling is really what you should about expect, even with insurance. You know, totally unjustified. Should just be free. But hey, Mm. yeah, I'm like, uh, like they saw me getting itchy and then I was like, "Uh, fine. So how many did you end up getting? You got four today? Two, three. Two or three. Two and a half. It was at least three because you had five issues and two of them were minor. This is what you told me when it They kept like lowering the numbers, I think, once the like official dentist. Well, you started using the special toothpaste, right? Oh, no, I never bought it. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, I thought that might have taken care of the more minor problems. Yeah. That's what it's there for. You can self-correct cavities if they're small enough. Yeah. It's a little one on like the side of my tooth. Yeah. And they're like, it's such a bitch to do. We're not going to do it. I'm like, okay. I'm like. They're like, unless you want veneers, I'm like, ooh, no, no. Even though I do, no. Um, but once they... You dry- better get a quote on that. Oh, I that's $10,000, and I'm not here for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned recently, I have, I have no idea if this is true, take it with a grain of salt, but there's an orthodontist that's gotten a lot of really good results just by having people do jaw exercises. Okay. And he has. And his theory, and this basically makes sense, is that it's deformities in teeth and jaws in the modern era are like completely unprecedented relative to the past if Mm -hmm. you you know we have the information if you go back and look at skulls from any time before like the mid 19th century no overbite there's no 
usually no overbite. There's very few dental problems at all. Teeth usually come in straight. And it's because children weren't fed soft foods and didn't use artificial nipples to feed. Oh. Um, this is this guy's conjecture huh. anyway. Okay. And so he treats the jaw and dental system as as if it's a muscle that you can retrain. Because you think of bones as being hard and inflexible, but that's not really true. Over time, you can change their shape. I mean, I know this for sure because of my leg. You know, I broke my leg a long time ago, and I got a metal rod put in it, and then you realize that your bones actually move and flex. Yeah. So, according to this... And it changed your shape, we see. Yeah, it did. Um, if you do these workouts, you can avoid having to get ortho- orthodontary done at all hmm. and straighten your own teeth over time. You can't have that, like, done to children, though. They're not going to do it. Well, no, children. It's for it's for adults. Oh, like adults who instead of a Invisalign or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and he gets lobbied against by big dent big dentistry because it would put orthodontists out of business if everybody adopted these methods rather than the expensive treatments that they provide. I mean, I would fully take that instead of you know, little Willie having to like have like rubber bands put in like every two weeks or whatever and then have to see up the like orthodontist like too short of scrub sleeve and just see his hairy pit and be like oh god you you had a terrible experience at the orthodontist yeah it was not great my orthodontist ruled as a kid dr white he gave you a wooden nickel every time at your appointments if you were good and didn't complain and then you could cash them in for prizes oh i don't remember what a lot of the prizes were but i remember them being good uh, he had Nintendo 64 in the lobby that you could play while you waited. It was awesome, man. That's some that's some West Side of Ohio nonsense. That's I uh, insisted to my parents that I go there because, you know, I grew up in a pretty rich suburb. Yeah. And all of the rich kids went to Dr. White. And I was like, we got to go to Dr. White. And they were like, no, you're going to cheap, cheap orthodontist. And yeah. I was like, no, please, Dr. White, Dr. White. And they eventually swung it and ended up paying for it hmm. just so that I could play Nintendo 64 that I already had. That's incredibly stupid. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Um, no, I thought you when you were talking about the uh, exercises, do you know about the jaw, these jawbone things? Uh, no. They're basically like chewies for men who want jaw lines. So it's just like a block of like hard foam that you like gnaw on hmm. to give you like chad jaw. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same principle, really. It's insane. It. I was like, why would you? Why would you do that? Why? Why do you want this? The jowls to be like, no, they got to be angles, bro. It's like, maybe, maybe. You don't I don't need know. That. I don't know. As a man that is slowly developing turkey neck, that always had a pretty <laughs> prominent jawline, I, I would look into this. Where? Where? For sure. Where is this turkey neck? I'm getting a double chin. That's not a turkey neck. Whatever. It, it's it's affecting my face shape, and I don't like it. Turn to the side, please. The side. That's just... No. No, it's not. You don't have... No. Turkey neck is when you're old and you get the saggy in front of the... So you got, like, scrotum neck. Well, fine. I misspoke, but the double chin is there. So I understand where these guys are coming from. You've succumbed to the trap of the pub cheese and the snacks. I have. I know. And I want my jawline back. I've actually been over this with Gwen. She has exercises that you can do where you sort of hold in your Adam's apple. What? What are you I'm doing it. Right I know now, the sound though that it was making was uh, gross, and I don't like that. You you can you can use your tongue to exercise your neck area and try to hold back the sagging of of the gravity. Just get a little, you know, if you get a little, you know, just get a little. 
get a little tuck? You're telling me to get a nip tuck yeah. as a 32-year-old man. You're 32? Wait a minute. No, I'm 33. Okay, oh, thank God. you. So I was like, <laughs> hold on there, Tiger. I don't know about all that. Um, that speaks We're volumes, going in the time the machine now, too. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just, you know, gravity happens, you know. No, I'm not okay with it, man. I'm not okay with it. I'm accepting it, except, you know, these are starting to sag. And yeah, you're telling me about it. And so I'm like, oh, I got to do the pull, pulley uppies. Uh, this is embarrassing, and I'm afraid to tell you this, but I guess we've landed here. <laughs> the conversation has gone here naturally. It's only eight minutes in. So <laughs> Welcome to Green Loose. Talking <laughs> saggy man titties. Um, so last night, I, I've been very self-conscious about my body lately, and I have been riding my bike to work again because i'm like all right you wrote it three times i know and i wrote it over the weekend and i'm gonna oh, make it okay. a regular habit because i've been putting it off all summer uh-huh and i was getting frustrated because i'm like come on i rode almost 100 miles in five days like where are my gains bro you know that's not how that works and i know that's not how it works but you know you know how i get and i get fixated and now i'm in my own head <laughs> oh so i'm going back through my pictures because uh like four years ago uh when I first lost a lot of weight, actually, that was the second time I lost a lot of weight. The first Under time being post grad yes. school, mm-hmm, but yeah. this was the first time four years ago that I um, did it really deliberately. Like I counted my calories. Remember that I was in that phase of like using yeah, my fitness pal and I was riding all the time. Yes. So, but it worked, and I took progress shots along the way. I uh-huh. took shirtless selfies in the mirror every week for like eight weeks, nine weeks. Okay. Do you know how to clear your photo cache and burn burn your digital data, or well, we're getting there. I am keeping them for a reason, because every once in a while, when I start to get in this mode of feeling bad about myself, I look back at them and I'm like, okay, where am I on this spectrum right now? And I'm usually not all the way back at the beginning, which is good. Okay. Okay. But. It also makes me think, okay, you can do this. Like, achieving results is possible. Don't get frustrated after five days. It takes a good, like, two months uh-huh. of diligence, and then you'll be where you want to be. And you can do that. You've done it multiple times. It'll be fine. So I was doing that. But then I was like, hmm, maybe I should take a shirtless selfie right now just so I can swipe back and forth and actually compare. Do your own before and afters? The pictures. So I did this, and I was horrified, not because of my weight and body shape. It's somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, like I said. It's not terrible but it's not great either Uh however i look like i've aged a decade in four years in fact the the (laughs) most recent shot was from 2019 and i still look miserable compared i saw a young man's face from 2019 (laughs) and then i saw an old man's face staring back at me i am bloated i am saggy my skin is sagging off my body and it's driving me crazy. Like, fully, my nipples are lower than they used to be. <gasps> my belly button is a little lower <laughs> oh, no. than it used to be. And I'm like, this is horrible. It's, yeah, the, I, it's the COVID body, I think, co- yeah. it, because of the immobility for also, two years. And but. also the, um, you know, it's the thing of, like, you, you gain a little weight and then you lose it a little bit. Yeah. And then they're just like, my nips are going to sag. And well, I'm like, what it oh, made me God. realize is... You know, because I was going to the gym over the winter, Mm -hmm. and I need to do that again, because especially as you are entering middle age, that sagginess doesn't disappear unless you actually make muscle gains. The tautness of your skin is gone. It doesn't naturally rebound from weight loss. And so I think I gained a little bit of weight, lost a little bit of weight, and the skin is now sagging. Yeah. 
and that's bad. Now you have to get muscle to like fill that out and make yourself taut again. Yeah. I think it also helps to watch your diet and kind of be a little dehydrated all the time. What? Yeah, being no, 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 being no, no, dehydrated no. though does make you does make your skin taut and it makes yeah, you. Yeah, that's a terrible water. idea. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that to excess, but I drink too much water, so I can. How many of those uh, purple juggies you drink a day? Two? Oh, at least three of those. That's too much. And then I don't know, half a dozen or more seltzers at work. Okay, you are drinking too much. Yes, I think I have type two diabetes. Right before <laughs> we started recording, I, I don't know how we got there, but I, I was. I read a comment on Reddit that was like, if you eat rice, your blood sugar will spike. And I was like, huh, I guess it's high in carbs. And so I did a little looking into it. And, you know, after a little Wikipedia like rabbit hole, I landed on the page for type 2 diabetes and learned that I have many of the symptoms. Constant thirst, Mm -hmm. frequent urination. That is due from the constant hydration. Headache, fatigue. That's from the drinking. The only one I was missing, and I'm not even sure that I'm missing it, is uh, sugar in your urine. Which, I guess I would need somebody to taste it. First of all, that's not how that goes. Ladies. <laughs> Second of all, um, we watched the, the maple thorpe thing. You can go down to the manhole and piss on a dude. And be like, ooh, a little sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that? The mine shaft. The mine shaft. I said manhole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, if you're... I would... I don't know. I mean... Riding a, the riding of the bike is going to cause the need for rehydration because you're sweating it all out. And, like, you know, half a bottle of wine is going to also add to the dehydration. Um, and then having to pee is also from the overcorrection. So you're in that, that constant cycle there. I mean, we were just talking about insurance. And yeah. obviously insurance is prohibitive to things like this. But I do feel the urge to go to an endo- endocrinologist. Why and don't you just go to a regular, kind of get get, a regular checkup? I want to get all my levels checked. Do you know what I mean? Do they check all the typical levels yeah. when you're at a doctor? Yeah. For a physical, they pull they pull some bloodies. Just check your cholesterol because now we're at the age where cholesterol could be a problem. Yeah, I'm sure it's a problem for me. <laughs> I, I have can't no wait. Doubt I can't wait for that. them to be like, we pulled it and it's mostly butter. Yeah, and I'll be like, and mm-hmm. and then what's what's the next step? And they're like, well, we fry you. And I go, great. Now, can you go to the doctor and be like, hey, I want you to check all my levels, but I don't want to know if I have cancer or any STDs. Can you just have them like? You would want to know if you have an STD. Well, STI. Why don't they call it disease anymore? That's disease seems dirty. So you're judging. So infection seems worse to me. Honestly, I don't know. An infection sounds like it's festering. A disease is is more abstract. But a disease, like a diseased person. Well, mm, okay. And you know, it's it's that, or you just go like, ugh, that bugger, bugger riddled, you know you know heathen over there who are you talking about maplethorpe what no he just... sounded like a real asshole by the way well, based yeah. on that documentary yeah, sounds terrible no i mean like a person going in like getting a check like ooh, the person with the you know yeah. i only want them to tell me if i have leprosy okay you would know <laughs> um yeah you can't have asymptomatic lep- leprosy no hmm. okay it's a skin eating virus I think you'd know. You got any patches that are slowly opening up? You never know, man. I don't know. I get random injuries all the time. I have skin problems already. Who knows? I could have leprosy and not know it. I, I think I would go a pretty long time before I really checked in and was like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. I mean, I... 
Yeah, I just don't want them. I just don't want to go to the doctor and be like, well, so you should stop doing all the things that you enjoy. And I would go, okay, so what's the next option? <laughs> okay, so that's option one. Okay, option two is you have to do option one. And I'll go, okay. Um, or we can just keep treating the Titanic here. Like, you know, get the lifeboats ready. Like, what are we doing? Well, this relates to the money problem. Like, I wish I had enough money to freely experiment with doctors like go to one and be like okay i don't like this person's temperament or i don't think they're doing a good job or whatever see when you're broke and have mediocre health insurance you can't really afford to do that because every doctor's appointment costs you a minimum of you know 20 to 100 dollars yeah. which is uh, 20 bucks is fine 20 dollar copay well but you know that adds up like i would yeah. like to be able to go to five or six different gps and find one that i actually liked yeah. Have you ever gone on ZocDoc? No. That, I, I, I was shopping uh, for, for Doctor and found one that I was like, oh, okay, this seems like all right. Well, health insurance websites basically do this too. They feature profiles wa- and reviews. I did not want, want to go to this one, to okay. any of the ones on the insurance portal, because there were like 12, uh, 25, and I was like, uh, they're all at uh, Presbyterian. And I was like, okay, so that's far. Presbyterian sign. I was like, "What about NYU? Can we like somewhere closer? Like anything?" And then I found a guy on like West Seventeenth that was like seemed friendly to the gays. So I was like, "Oh, he won't judge me if I'm like, hi, I need a shot." Right. You know. Did that bear fruit? Did you end up? Seeing I never this called. Doctor? Oh, okay. So the appointment. <laughs> the appointment was like not the next day or two days. So I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not going." Like I really want a doctor that a smoke cigarettes. Okay, that's going to be hard to and find now. Be just, you know, they tell you they tell you like it is, but without judgment. They're just like, listen, you got a problem. It's going to be tough, but we're going to fight it. Okay, I don't want like to be pandered to, and I also don't want to be tip scolded, around yeah, or scolded, yeah, yeah. Give it to me straight, doc. You know, yeah. I mean, I would just want someone to be like, "Ooh, what a mess," um, but then just be like, just be like, listen, I'm sorry, but. You know, I am the 2005 Corolla that I drive. We've got dents. We've got bruises. We've got scratches. What are we going to do? Eh, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need too many overhauls. I don't know. I don't know. I But I was thinking about going to the doctor. Who's, uh, 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 what was it? We we're watching something and then like... uh were we watching it or i was wa- there was an episode of canadian drag race where tom green was on it and i was like oh what happened to him and his one nut and i was like oh, what if i have that you know i walked not three feet from tom green two days ago oh i got a flat tire on my bike on oh. the way to work um actually i got a screw lodged in my tire and i made it all the way to work before it went flat which was miraculous because i got the screw in bedsty and i worked <laughs> nine miles away so and you were like i'm gonna make it happen yeah i was like well it's not deflating fast enough to matter now so let's see how far we can get and i made it all the way but anyway on my lunch hour i had to take my bike to the shop and it's about 10 blocks down from where i work and i work in a weird part of town where there's just like car dealerships it's the far west side of yeah. midtown so there's nothing over there no and there's one little bar between my workplace and the bike shop. And sure enough, sitting outside filming some sort of like comedians in cars getting coffee style interview is Tom Green and some other guy. Huh. I think the other guy was some sort of journalist. Oh. He looked familiar to me, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. 
So I'm going to look it up later and find it out. But yeah, Tom Green, he was right there. He has long hair now. He's very gray. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's still got the goatee, but it's very like salt and pepper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but otherwise he looks the same. Yeah. So anyway, Canadian Drag Race was happening. No, and I, I was I was reminded of Tom Green and his one ball and was like, ooh, I don't think I've ever gotten checked for that because I was 16 the last time I went to a doc, like a, to get a physical. Right. Yeah, me neither. Oops. Mm-hmm. Is that bad? I, well, it's probably pretty bad, yeah. Eh. But I think you would also maybe know, like, you know, a lump would be apparent. Would it? I don't look. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess not. I, 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 don't know. I didn't pay attention to health class that one day. They're like, you got to do your self-screenings. I was like, yeah. I'm going to live forever. So this well, there's countless stories of people's partners being the ones that discover it. Because oh, that's yeah. how it would go. So, well, that's not in the cards for me right yeah, now. Yeah, that's so, true. You know. Well, better hit grinder. No. Looking for an exam. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors of Grinder, hit me up. I will uh, just... We don't need to meet up. We can meet up in your office. Do you have a fantasy? I'll fulfill it if you waive the copay. <laughs> we can make that happen. Um yeah, no, it's it is a it is a full ass racket. I was like very happy though that um after my dental work I was like I tried to schedule this in between work and was gonna do a splitsy shift initially. Like uh-huh. go get my head drilled out and then go back to work. I was like, Thank God I didn't because I would they'd have been like, Are you drunk? And I'm like, No, I just can't talk out of my mouth. Yeah, it's you know, we went over this off mic, but yeah. it's totally okay to take half days if you have to go to the doctor. It's also yeah. totally okay to take entire days if you have yeah. to go to the doctor. Um you are a wage cuck. Yeah. And yeah. will never do this. I, the thought I, of getting Novocaned up and then going back to work anywhere for any reason, it's undignified. I know. You don't know. need to do that to yourself. You can schedule doctor's appointments on days you're working. In fact you should. Well, th- this is what it's I did. What your sick days are for? This is what I, I was like. Oh, I have like eighty sick hours. So yeah. like, let's let's plug away. It's let's chip away at some of these little fuckers today. So, so life is better. Yeah, like, nice. great. Um, well, good. I'm glad we're at a at a dead standstill after talking about old man medical problems I for mean- twenty five <laughs> minutes. Because I feel like we're due to have a bad episode. I don't I w- think it'll be bad. I, I was thinking think... about this today. We, we've been on a roll. I think our last three have been pretty good. And, and tonight I was oh, coming yeah. last in like, one I'm was tired. Qui- last and... one was quippy as fuck. It was like, because I had to edit it. And I'll be editing this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Producer Will now. Yeah. Will now edits the podcast every episode. Uh, excuse so... me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I did not agree. So if you have any that. issues with it, it's not my problem anymore. It's Will's problem. So I have to put zany, zany sound effects over things. So when we're talking about saggy man titties, I'm going to do the trombone of womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hope you just cut that part out and sample your own voice. I sure am. Is that yeah. why you did it? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You're like fucking Michael Winslow over here. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, he's the guy from Police Academy that does a bunch of sound sound effects. People call him a comedian, but he's not really. I mean, he just does sound effects. There's an entire okay. video where he does the opening or not the opening, the uh, chase scene from the original Star Wars where they're leaving the Death Star and the Millennium Falcons being like chased by TIE fighters. He does every sound effect flawlessly. This is where I wish we had a cable. To oh, hook like, up to the oh, phone. like the uh, the like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he does all the laser blasts, but he also does like the sh- the scene changes. Like it's it's hard to describe. How do you it, do the wipe of a scene change? How well, no, no, no. He doesn't. He doesn't emulate any sound effect for the scene changes. But imagine how abrupt it is to go from like 
uh, a one second cut of Chewie making a sound to doing a Tie Fighter to a laser sound to back to Chewie. Right, like yeah. he's doing all of that in sequence without missing a beat. It's really incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a famous sound effects guy. That's the best way I can put it. But he I don't know what else to call him. Like yeah. what, what? What was police? I don't know what that is. I I don't know either. To be honest, I never okay. saw it. <laughs> I was like, is this a thing that I should know? No, I mean, I think it was like a slapstick, you know, 80s There were like comedy. five of them, right? Five there was a bunch. There's yeah. a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not interested in revisiting comedies from prior eras. Have you ever... Okay, so this was a thing, like, growing up as a little nerd, nerd faggy, like, you know, everyone was like, you should watch Spaceballs. And I was like, no. I used to love Spaceballs. I'm immediately contradicting myself, but yeah. I, you know, that was not, like, a thing. Like, I tried watching it once and was like, I think I even, like, got the, like, Netflix DVD and tried and was like, 10 minutes in was like, this looks so bad. Like, the budge is non-existent. Well, yeah, and you I need realize that that's part of the joke, man. I did not want it to be part of the joke and wanted nothing more to do with it, so I popped it out of that DVD player. Plier. Okay, oh, Wisconsin. Oh boy, <laughs> what's in what was in that uh, lidocaine there? Oh boy. Um, yeah, I was like, nah. Well, this was as a grown-up. You tried to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, this is the problem. You have this problem kind of a lot. It's not uh-huh. even relegated simply to comedies. We went through this with the Matrix the other night. Like, oh god, you just missed so much cultural output. Yeah. that there is no opportunity to revisit it. It's like people that have never seen Star Wars at an advanced age. They go back and watch it, and they're like, "Whatever, it's a fucking dumb kids movie." Because it is. Yeah, you have to develop an attachment to it in Early, your like yeah. lizard brain, in your child brain, for it to be meaningful, and for especially with comedy, for yeah. like the jokes to land or whatever. Uh, you can't go back to that as a grown up and be like, "Oh, this is going to be good." Like, no, no way. Yeah, it was not. It was not happening. And I said, "Okay." Um, but speaking of throwbacks, uh, Nintendo is redoing the Super Mario Brothers movie, and you wanted to recast something. Oh well, no. You told me that Nintendo's doing the Super Mario Brothers movie again with Chris Pratt. Sure, and that's a couple a other idea, people. Yeah. And I think it's a bad idea, but all I said was that they should recast Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. Isn't he dead? Is Hopper dead? I don't know. I don't know. This is just like the Sean Connery conversation from last time. I have no idea. Dennis Hopper's been the same age my entire life as far as I'm concerned. Dennis Hopper. He might have died a couple years ago. That does seem familiar. Prostate cancer. When did he die? 2010. Wow. A A long time ago. Holy shit. 10 years (laughs) ago. 11, 11 years. years ago uh-huh. oh my god holy shit yeah Ooh. oh that's crazy i really had no idea i feel like i remember this being a thing like around grad school like people posting a thing people weren't or posting, no, posting in but, like, 2010 people talking about it like oh yeah the guy from the thing or like on a facebook post because we used the Facebook then. I mean, I'm trying to run down like the Dennis Hopper movies that I actually like. Because I don't have like a particular attachment to him. I think he was a big boomer icon, you know, from Easy Rider and stuff like that. Never saw it. Don't know what it is. I never saw Easy Rider either. But uh, I first encountered Dennis Hopper in Waterworld oh. as the villain. And Super Mario Brothers as the villain. Uh-huh. See, these are just like child movies that I watched. I don't with saw him in Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now is a good one. Yeah, I like Apocalypse Now. Okay, fine kind of forgot about that about him being in that he's the like space cadet you know photographer of guy, course right? yeah yeah 
I don't even think he was acting for most of it. Or wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hopper's the photographer in Apocalypse Now? Because he's the one who gets to Marlon Brando first. And is like, you got to hear about this guy. He's got all the ideas. And then he ends up killing him. I need to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's it's, beyond the, like, you know, smell of napalm in the morning, America rah-rah moment. It's all pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it has one of the best Brando performances for sure. Uh... Him just ad-libbing all of all his of lines it. in the jungle. Yeah, that's the best. Have you ever seen Island of Dr. Moreau? No, but I was going to say like that that was another nightmare for him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Hopper. There was one other one I was thinking of, and now it's... Oh, he's in David Lynch. He's in uh, Blue Velvet. I never saw that. I'm not a David Lynch fan. Me neither. I was subjected... I know that's wildly unpopular amongst art people, but I... I'm like, listen, I do not give a fuck. I, Lost Highway was fine. Lost Highway is just incoherent. Yeah, also that. I don't like David Lynch either. I was subjected to David Lynch in art school because art school kids are like, oh, David Lynch is the best. He's the best. I think we also had a screening with someone from Blue Velvet because they had like a thing at the Cinematheque that was like, Blue Velvet screening. Oh, Big maybe. thing. Is Inland Empire, is that a David Lynch movie? No. Oh, it was Inland Empire. No, yeah, I remember the them one. showing that, and I think that's what turned me off to David Lynch. I don't think I'd ever seen anything by him. Oh. And then I went to this, like, four-hour-long... <gasps> because Inland Empire is, like, a super-long movie. It is? Yeah. It's four hours. I mean, well, how long is a Marvel? Yeah, but, I mean, say what you want about Marvel movies being formulaic. Peppy. and Peppy. Like, Peppy. Yeah, they, they move along, along yeah. at a clip. Inland Empire was not like that. I don't remember anything about the movie other than being bored to tears by it and hating it so much. I mean, it might as well have been the Cremaster cycle. You know what I mean? It felt like it had no dialogue. Mm. It was just like a series of images. I don't know. Maybe I would like it now. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah. it turned me off to him in general. And then, of course, everybody wants to watch these movies in their free time. Cause, you know, Why? For the young children. This was like before smartphones. So you watched movies on DVD with your friends instead of other things. And so what? I saw Blue Velvet. I saw Lost Highway. Uh, I don't know. It's like and we, I was always just nonplussed by what's, it. What's the te- television show? Is Twin Peaks, right? Twin Peaks. When people I are like, could I love a te- oh, I love a Twin Peaks. I'm like, I know the I know Log Lady. I know the room, like because those are image icons. But I'm like, couldn't tell you anything about it, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I think that people that are into horror movies like David Lynch. Oh. You know that you know these type of people. It's a type of person that's really into watching horror movies. Either because they like the scary feeling or they like they the like humor the of how bad they are. Oh, that, yeah. And David Lynch is like right in between both of those things. Like, I, I guess I understand the appeal if that's your perspective on People it. People who like absurd. Yes. Like, this is the kind of thing, like, that kind of person in that time period would be someone who's like, yeah, we love random. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's like, as someone who hates random, I always would be like, what the fuck? No, that's just, that's a non sequitur, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should revisit them. I, I'm not sure. I, I bet I would appreciate them more now. I, I just think I didn't have a very discerning eye for cinema, and things that were boring didn't appeal to me. I mean, Although that's not true. You know, like I watch Jim Jarmusch movies, and those are boring, and I love them. Are they? They're pretty boring. What have you seen of him? Like Coffee and Cigarettes? That doesn't really count. I never even saw that. That's just a series of vignettes. Yeah. Um, Night on Earth, also another series of vignettes, really. What's that one movie? Gilbert Grape? Is that a Jim Jarmusch? What's Eating Gilbert Grape is not a Jim Jarmusch movie. It's not? <laughs> I don't know who the director My of that movie is. No. Who the fuck did those? 
Uh, the most popular Jim Jarmusch movie is like Broken Flowers because it has Bill Murray in it. You may have seen that. Isn't there also another Jim Jarmusch? Did he? He didn't do. Bo- <laughs> he didn't do Boyhood. That's never mind. No, that's, that's Richard Linklater. Linklater. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I, I I confuse them as like serious dude movies, like lo-fi shoegazy nonsense. Or oh no, I confuse him and Gus Van Sant. They're the Jarmish same. and Van Sant. That makes Th- more. They're sense. like the same yeah. person in my head. Sorry, I realized the vibe was off and the fire was not on. Oh yeah, that okay, good. That's why we're having conversational problems because the the three wick uh, candle, not from Bath and Body Works. Thank you so much. Yeah, nice. There that we sweet, go. Now sweet, we're now we're back on. There track. we go. That's okay, good. that sweet sweet Italian Kush flowing through the air. Mm-hmm. It smells like weed and Aqua de Parma. Yeah. <laughs> This episode sponsored by Cushy Dreams. Smoke your CBD because you can. What? <laughs> Never mind. There's a, th- a certain subset of the audience will understand. I don't know what reference. the fuck. I don't know what that is. I mean, can it be brought to you by Dadgrass? Which I also I have two pre rolls over to my right. Can we smoke one right now? No, not indoors. Why not? Are you fixing my tile in my tub? Then you don't get to smoke in my house. Uh, but, but hang on. But hang on. Callbacks. Weed doesn't have the same. It's not weed. I, I know. I understand it's that it's CBD, sub- but it's the same fucking plant, man. I know. It's it smells louder than some weeds I've smoked. But it doesn't stick uh, on stuff as bad. But it's like a spliff, so there's a little nicotine there too. Come on, can't we just do it for the audience? No. Can we take a hit or two? I just want to try it and review it really quick. Everyone's always asking us to review things. Let's take one hit a piece, and, and we'll just talk about it for a second. God, fine. It's not going to fuck anything up. Fine. Fine. I'm you saying fine. Okay. No, we're, uh, you can pause and then... Uh, no, actually, because I have to edit it and I won't know what to do with it. We're going to leave it on. No, it'll still be one long file. You just won't have to cut out a huge long silence while you oh, fumble great. around. Let's, okay, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Will has gotten the uh, dadgrass spliff. Wow, those are enormous. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and The scent. Very weedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It smells like weed. I, th- here's the thing: is I've never, I've never smoked CBD, so I'm very excited about this because I like everything about marijuana except for the psychoactive effects, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this will. It works. Work. You have to smoke the whole fucking thing now. Well, we'll like, s- well, we'll smoke a little bit of it, and Can we get a lighter that doesn't suck because the thing that. And I also wonder if it will. That's good. I also wonder if it will uh, stimulate the conversation in a different way. I also can't believe that as an adult man, you're like afraid of smoking weed in your own home. I don't, I just don't like the smell. You're going to have to relight that. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I just like it because it comes pre-rolled. So like I would thrive in California where everything is pre-rolled. Oh my God, this is fantastic. I haven't smoked a joint or a joint like thing in years at this point. Wow. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything other than like, you know, slight back pain you may have just gone, which is lovely. I'm excited about that. Man, this is really bringing me back. We were just talking about Jim Jarmusch movies, watching DVDs in college. This is what I used to do is sit around and talk with my friends, smoke a fat <sighs> fucking spliff. Well, really a blunt. Yeah, we won't be doing that in, in this in this house, in this establishment here. Yeah, this isn't going to smell anything up. I yeah, wouldn't well, worry about it. Well, I don't want I'm going to take one more little puffy and then I'm going to put it out. Can I have a little bit more when you're done yeah. with your puffy? Okay. This is just riveting radio, by the way. Two, I know. Two middle-aged yeah. men smoking CBD because mi- <laughs> they can't smoke weed anymore. I never could smoke weed because I would just be like, mind eraser. Um, <coughs> but it still does that. Definitely, be- we're being very COVID safe. We're uh, six feet apart. 
Sure. <coughs> Ahem. So have you smoked any of this on your own? I had I this is my second to to be. And you took the whole thing to the dome last time. Yeah. And you didn't notice any any At first high. I was like no uh, this doesn't work and then so what I did like as a no you can just put, put you can put it, put it out. Okay. Um what I did was Wow, uh, this is like a Joe Rogan episode. I think disgusting. this is our best episode yet. Fuck you. Um no, what I did, I I had it and was like, okay, I don't really feel anything. But yeah. then, like towards the end, I was like, ooh, I feel a little, I feel okay. Like you feel loose, because I was like, my back hurts, and I had the the next day off, so I was like, let me draw a a, a tubby time uh-huh. through the Epsom thing. And by the time you know, like the slow drip tub was full, I was like, ooh, baby, I feel great. Yeah, yeah. And then it was just like a double, like r- cozy wrap of like, ugh fantastic i'm afraid already that i'm a little high off this i'm no i'm getting the sensation like kind of behind your eyes you it's, know it gives you the se- well because the whole th- the, the scent and the thing it's like it's a f- it's a true like um facsimile of smoking weed yeah yeah but you're not going to be high right okay i'm going to take your word for it but if i'm unable to speak in a few minutes it'll be because i'm admiring the smallness of the room or something okay well that's yeah anyway Anyway, um, it's been kind of a slow week in terms of topics. That's why well, I was also ge- nervous also about gear- our episode. Well, we're also gearing up to big culture extravaganza this weekend. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will and I are going to go see Jasper John's Mind Mirror at the Whitney. The Philly presentation is going to have to wait a while. Uh, I might try and do some witchcraft tomorrow. Okay. I mean, it's it's your call. Will's been buying memberships to museums for this particular show. I bought it for the Whitney because... Again, how much does it cost to go to a museum, you know, in, in 2021? No, no, no. $25? Not... Like, sure, I'll go twice and that's at least half paid for. Listen, hey, man, don't get defensive. I bought a fucking... I'm, you know. No, no, no. If I can buy a $100 beach pass and only go four times with that beach pass, I think I can spend the, you know, the 90 bucks or whatever to join the Whitney and get free tickets. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it'll be nice to go whenever you want for a while, but, you know. Until I'm like, oh, fuck the Whitney, you know. Sure. But, but if you don't have to go pay every time, I'm like, sick. What's so mind mirror? So we're going to Jasper John's on Saturday, which I'm really excited about. I've been looking yeah. forward to this for so long. Um, I saw an install shot today, mm-hmm. and I liked the way it was done. It, there, there was a critic who was like, I didn't get anything out of it. I'm like, okay, fuck you. You know, well, this is maybe an interesting thing to talk about in the lead up to it. Because Jerry Saltz wrote an article in Vulture today. And what did he have to say? That is very long. Oh, um, it's not. It's not that bad. It's it's for Jerry. It's fine. Okay. It's mostly an expose on his relationship with Jasper Johns. Like I care. Okay. You know, it's interesting though because as somebody that knows him, I wouldn't say they're friends or anything. But Jerry has been in the same room as Jasper Johns a lot relative to a normal I think person. Jasper Johns likes Roberta, so. Yes, he does like Roberta, and that is well covered uh, through the lens of jealousy of, yeah, <laughs> in of Jerry's <laughs> article. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but so he wrote this thing for Vulture, and it, and it's mostly him talking about encounters that he's had with Jasper Johns on a personal level, which is just interesting to me as a fan of Johns, because you don't get a lot of information about him, his personal life, his biography, really, any of this stuff. Yeah. So hearing anecdotes that aren't the same trite thing of like... Uh, notes from his sketchbook like take something do something to it do something else to it Uh you hear the same quotations of jasper johns trotted out ad nauseum 
all the fucking time. Yeah. So to hear anything about him at like a dinner party regaling guests or apparently he snapped at a printmaking assistant once for fucking something up. Well, you know, they're interesting little tidbits. And uh, there's this thing going on with all the articles being written right now about John's because there was two in the New York Times. Yeah. One about his new paintings and one about mine mirror. Mm hmm. There's all this sort of hand-wringing about how he's been covered in the past. Like, people talking about how, for many decades, basically, like, since he stopped doing the crosshatch paintings and went on to the Trump Loy stuff, people were like, oh, he's a hack, he's a has-been. I've been such a fan of his since early in my artistic development that that's never been my experience of his work, but apparently that's the cultural reception. Huh. So people are kind of excited about mind mirror. Cause they're like, maybe we can reevaluate him or at least that's the like cheap journalistic angle that people are. Who are using. these people? I, I, I thought that was the thing until like the canonary paintings. And then everyone was like, he's back. I'm sure he's had his ebbs and flows. You know, I can't, he doesn't have that many shows. You know, I think yeah. I've seen two Jasper John shows since he's been, a, since we've been in New York regrets and one at Matthew Mark's. Actually, three. There's a couple. There were a couple at Matthew Marks. There was the uh, the, the sculptures uh, where he was present. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was like ten years ago. Gray. I don't. I'm not. I'm kind of not counting the museum shows. I mean, like no. solo presentations of his new work. Oh. So those sculptures and prints count from ten years ago, and then he had regrets, which was at MoMA, but was all new work. Yeah. And then he had the um, watercolor show. Farley breaks down the sure. the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was another one in there. No? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Um, But he doesn't make that much work, and he's not around that much. And I feel like he doesn't really even get written about when those shows happen. I mean, John Yao writes about him. He's like, oh, we have to pay attention. The master's, you know, like... Well, and I wanted, children pay attention. I wanted to get to John Yao because uh, his book, A Thing Among Things, about Jasper Johns is a great. It's, to me, the iconic text about his work. It's the only... One that makes sense. Well, it's the only text I've ever read where someone spends their time actually looking at the work and not thinking so much about Jasper Johns being a mystery or about his context in history because he comes between abex and pop art and, yeah. con- and conceptual art and minimalism. You know, again, it's so trite. The boring but shit. That's yeah. how everybody always talks about him as a, yeah. and Rauschenberg, too, as this bridge between one era and another era, and it's kind of left there. And that's the context in which all of his work is evaluated. But John actually takes a lot of time to investigate paintings on like a molecular level. I mean, he talks about very small details and extrapolates from them in a very interesting way. He's a good art writer, you know? Um, So his book is great. And so far he's been silent. I'm wondering if he's waiting till the show actually opens to drop his thing. Cause it's inevitable that he's going to write about it. I mean, he should be seeing it like now. Well, yeah, but all the other critics are coming out with their stuff now. Well, that's because, that's because they have to do their jobs in the PR department of media to get people to go see shows. Yeah, right, right. You know. Well, and I would imagine that John Yao will give it careful consideration and maybe take a little bit longer and maybe drop a several-parter review of the show. He's done that in the past yeah. with many artist shows where he'll do a part one, part two, part three type of evaluation. So Does that mean I have to read Hyperallergic? Because I really don't want to. That's the thing. What a bitch. I'm assuming John Yao hasn't written anything yet, but that's only because hyperallergic is not on my radar at all. That's, yeah. Kind of on purpose. I make sure they don't come up on my social media. Yeah. I don't look up things in that publication. It's fo- dead to me other than John. I follow Harag on Twitter because his takes are so bad. And I just love to watch. I love him and Patty Johnson are fun little like hate follows on Twitter because they are not bright at all. 
like Patty Johnson just posted a thing a couple days ago, looking for a for a, an assistant or a part time copy out or something like that. Must be youngish and uh, you know kind of good at it. And I was like, oh, you, do you do you not want to pay this person? Like, you don't want an actual good person because you can't pay that. Like, you know, oh, oh, poopy pants, Patty. Yeah, hey. She what almost shit herself twelve years ago at Mason Gross. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what you were referring to. Oh, you remember that story? No. That was a leave story. She was critting leave and was like, had to run to the bathroom because she was going to shit herself. <laughs> and leave's like, uh, so do we have more time? Or like, well, what are we doing here? Oh, uh, boy. So, yeah. Mm. That yeah. Or, that's so then forever in my brain, she was like, why couldn't she shit before we started? Like, what are we doing wow, here? She's the Adam Friedland of the art world. What? I don't know anything about this. See, worlds i don't know <laughs> that's not on my radar no thank you um yeah so you know i'm gonna try and do the witchcraft i'm gonna call the philly museum tomorrow and be like so what do you got to do to get this artist membership here on this day i think it would be really easy to do honestly i don't think they're gonna give you a hard time about it no so i'm just gonna be like so can i has yeah and then just find urban urban bib here's the thing that i'm worried about with the John's retrospective that mm-hmm. is entirely selfish is I don't want other people to appreciate Jasper Johns. I like him as a secret. He's not a secret though. I know he's an open secret. It's like, guys, the best artist is still alive and is right in front of everybody's faces. And yet no young artists reference Jasper Johns. Nobody I don't know about that, but I really don't think so. Mm. I, I think it's very rare. I, I, I can think of like, I think there was like a Matthew Serletti painting that may have at one point. That makes sense. For there me. was like a, um, a Adam something, that guy that shows the nicely sprayed paintings with the beautiful surfaces. Oh, with the like prism gradients. Yeah. He's the husband of a more famous artist, but I can't remember now. I believe he's Adam in, Henry. Adam Henry. Yeah. He sometimes does John's ish things. Not really. He does like flippy mirror things with multiple panels and they're just beautiful. But like, you know. Yeah. They you have know. a cute puppy together. Sure. Um, but what I'm saying is I don't want other people to access this. Emily May Smith actually references John's more. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's he's around, but like sort of in the background. I'm Because you, you what you're uh, the thing is like if you are doing a Johnsian reference, you have to do the tricks and not ever touch the subject matter or the handling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because then it's hack. Well, yeah. You know, you are, you know, uh, Dane cooking all over, you know, someone who's actually good. Yes. And what I'm afraid of is the post-mind mirror apocalypse of young Dane artists all over the, about, just oh boy. Uh, obsessing over certain minor paintings. elements of his work and then expanding it into entire careers, which we're probably going to witness. Or people will try. And get slapped about and be like, what are you doing? People might not even try because I think there might be a backlash to it. Why? For what? All of the things that I've read so far go to a lot of pains to qualify a older white man, established artist being given a show of this caliber at a museum at this moment. It It's not my opinion, but it's the opinion of the culturistas that this is out of place. Why? So I'm wondering if people will, he's going to die soon. will ignore it. Sort of like if there was a, if well, it was a two city Frank Stella show, I'd be like, 
we don't need this. Well, I was just going to say, there was a Frank Stella show at the New Whitney when it first opened. Remember that? Oh, in the Breuer? No, in the big one. Oh, in yeah. The, the new one. one. Yeah. And that was bad. That was a bad show. It wasn't a terrible show. It, it was, was a it was a pretty bad. boilerplate retrospective. I mean, it was fine, but you didn't see a sudden resurgence of like interest in Frank Stella. Yeah, because that work is bad. for maybe the late bad stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Everyone was like, whew, you can make terrible things. Sick. Yeah. Um, but that was also like a market thing. Like, you know, like uh, uh, what's her face on 26th was trying to pump out all those. Yeah, yeah. Marianne Boski. Yeah. Boski was like, we got to pump and dump while he's still cranking them out. Um, I can place these weird sculptures now. But so I'm hoping that it might pass quietly into the night where older people kind of notice it and younger people kind of don't regard it. I think that would be the best possible outcome because the last thing we need in the twilight of John's life is a bunch of ripoffs of him. Yeah, no, I can no. rip him off and no one else can. That's what I'm getting. Oh, okay, so that's not really a thing. <laughs> um, but like, eh, I, mm, it's also like the thing, the problem with having it at the Whitney is that it should be at the Met. No, shouldn't. It should be at the Breuer. In the Breuer building. Who cares what museum has it? I don't care. Or even the Guggenheim would be a good, like, you can have the dialogue of things across the rotunda from each other, but fuck the Guggenheim. You know? Um, yeah, anyway. I'll continue. continue. Um, or do you think the Breuer building, like, the perfect boxes, and, like, it's it's the perfect in-between space of unknown future for Mind Mirror to exist? Uh, the Whitney, it's just because it's deeply American. They're like, flags! American art! Well, to me, it's not so much about the architecture or, like, the meaning of the building. I, I don't really I don't really care about that when it comes to exhibitions. I, I do think that the pedigree of the institution should match the pedigree of the artist. Yeah. And also the temperament <clears throat> of the institution. Yeah. And to me, the Met fits both of those bills, where it's like, basically, this guy is dead. And this is a send-off to him? I think if it was the Met still owning the Breuer, they probably would have done it there. I don't know. Or he would have won. I don't know. Because, like, getting your final goodbye at Ye Old Whitney, I don't know if that's really the place you want to go I mean, it's the Whitney Museum of American Art. They do have, like, several great Johnses in their collection. I'm assuming they were early supporters of his. I know MoMA was. Yeah. So Thank God it's not at MoMA. That's all we have to say. I mean, Jesus Christ. But the thing about being at the Whitney that when you're talking about like, oh, maybe people, people will go, but the Whitney is just an Instagram background. Yeah, that's right. For most of the public. That's right. Yeah. No one gives a shit. You're going to have a lot of people taking picture, pictures next to the balls. Yeah. For jokies. Yep. Totally. And then like girls with blowouts will go and stand in front of like, um, what's the CMA one? The CMA one? They only have a small um, crosshatch yeah, painting. But that's y- like the Yusu Yuki painting. Yeah, so, you know, Brunch Bitch Kelly is going to go and take her PSL and yeah, stand in front of that they'll and be stand like, can't in, wait for cold weather. They'll stand in front of the clock in the bed, the uh, secondary colored large crosshatch painting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's your inevitability. Right. It's not a careful looking scenario that you're gearing up for. No, and, and, you know, maybe that's good. Because remember the Warhol show at the Whitney? Yeah. That I mean, was just a carnival ride. It was so hard to view that show. It was also 
kind of bad. But it had its moments. I mean, in in fairness, like I thought the room that they did with the car crash paintings, the Death and Disaster series, was great. Those paintings haven't been collected in that way since they were shown the first time. Yeah, and I think we mentioned this already on the on the show, but. Uh, the Mind Mirror presentation is going to fully replicate two of John's earliest solo yeah. shows, which is cool. Yeah. One at one at Philly and one at the Whitney. That'll be great. Um, yeah. But my my goal is to get it all done in one one WAP because once the excitement of seeing the one half, I will probably never see the other half, and I don't want that to happen. That's why I'm like, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta do it. Well, rest assured, I would never let that happen. I mean, I'm hope to see both halves multiple times if oh, possible. I have to go to Philadelphia twice. I mean, it depends what's there and, and what it looks like. If oh, it, yeah. You know, what I'm also very worried about, I think I have some anxiety around this show because I'm worried that it's going to be bad. Like and also a possibility. It, not in the quality of John's work. I'm just worried that the selection of works is going to be so typical As that art, I will have seen like three quarters of the show. And that's what I'm really not I think you have to like hoping for, you know, put the brakes on the expectations because you are armchair expert on all, all, all things Johnsian, you know? Yeah. Like as most people with brains might be. Um, but like, you know, they still have to sell the tickets, you know, the catalog is probably going to be the best part of the show, which is going to be terrible. Well, and we already know that the catalog's cover is terrible. Yeah, we're ripping it and off and burning it. It has an essay in it, which I already object to well, without ever having read it. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Uh, here's the thing: is I have my expectations. I think calibrated correctly. I think the Whitney show is going to be not very good. I it's think gonna I'm going to be, be blockbuster, nonplussed by the Whitney yeah. show, and I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by the Philly show. I think that's what would really set me in a different direction: is if the Philly show is bad, and the one expose in the New York Times that made me suspicious. This is where all of was this the, anxiety was is the dick from. measuring contest between the Whitney and the PMA. Yeah, and yeah. and the fact that the Whitney robbed the PMA of a lot of their already the extant are, yeah. good <laughs> stuff. It made me feel like, holy shit, that's kind of crazy. They took all the good shit. They that took the good had shit for, from the, but that, that opens they the door for twenty years. That opens the door for obscure things to be in Philadelphia, yeah. and that's what I want to see. So that's the goal. I mean, if there's like obscure late works of John's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I want to see some weird shit from the '90s. That's not a very well covered period in his career. You could probably just email Matthew Marks and be like, "I can't see if you have in back room." LOL, dude. From your work email address. I worked at galleries for a long time. Guess what happens to emails from random strangers requesting things yeah <laughs> that's true you go you turn to direct. you can be a client that's paid for a work and they will still ice you out for several months so yeah you know <laughs> i don't think so it's not it's not a fucking museum it's not a I regional know. museum where they'll let you poke around in the flat file because you're the only person interested for a thousand miles that's true i mean yeah <laughs> you know fair um but, you know, and the other thing about going to the PMA early, like during member previews, there's probably not that many members there. You have the place pretty much to yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my constant battle with all museological goings and goings and viewings is how do I get the least amount of people around me? Because nothing makes good work bad like people. 
title of that. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I it just it you know. There's something to be said about the joy of going to MoMA when got to book those tickets tickies in advance and then screen it at the door wear your mask that we only have so many people allowed in. Heaven, absolute heaven to be like got the run of the whole fucking place. Yeah, yeah. What's that thing over there? Oh, that's Starry Night. I've never seen it before without a horde in front of it. Right. Like, oh. Like, eh. that's the one treat. So I'm like, eh. get in early and then the public can be around later. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. <sighs> so, yeah, that's that's maybe why we're like gearing up for good episode to really have a or it'll be bad because we'll be like mm. yeah it was fine well i mean i, I indifference hope... will be the worst thing here's w- yeah that would be the worst thing and i worry about that on your part i'm always indifferent exactly uh, just like the universe baby I, I am i'm hoping that for god's sake especially if we see both shows in one weekend if we can't do a solid hour just on the shows without doing anything else i will be really disappointed in both of us can i do bits Sure, you can okay, do bits, great. but we got to talk. I mean, I'm going to have a lot to say. There's almost no question about Shock- it. Yeah. No one shocked. <laughs> I'll just be like, here's the microphone, and I'll just Charlie Rose it in the back. Be like, what did you think of that one? Which is probably what I will do. Be like, what did you think of that one? And you'll be like, and what did you think? I'll be like, mm, it's fine. It, it's just fine. I, it, you know, because that's, that's the point of doing a podcast, right, is to have completely... Uh, you milk toast reactions to things that you go and to see hype, and hype to up hyperbole. on show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I don't want to be giving free press away to the fucking Whitney. Like, I already gave them 90 American dollars. No, 102 American dollars. I had to buy you a ticket because you don't even get guest tickets anymore. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Really? For For solo memberships, there was like a dual membership, and I was like... Well, no, 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 no. It's it's insane to me that if you have a membership, you can't take a guest for free. That's crazy. You take a guest for half off. And I was like, what Excuse the fuck? Excuse me? Come on. Um, I was like, cheap-ass bastards. Um, still was like, fine. But it makes you go through the ticketing process twice. I was like, we have problems. Your interface is shitty. Um, so that's, yeah. So we're working on it. We're yeah, working we're on working on it. Um, how are you feeling with your... Your dube hits. I like it. I kind of want to smoke more of it. Well, not right now. Well, we have to do an after show. Yeah, but like in between. It's an in-betweener. We can finish it in Well, the I want to smoke it on the uh, on the after Why? show. Why? I don't know. It's, it's nice. It, we just keep talking. You know, <sighs> like I said, back to the college days thing. This is what people do, Will. You don't take a break from I, life <laughs> to, to smoke your CBD. You do it while you're conducting life. I don't, I don't believe that's the case. Hey, you know, I don't know. You don't know how to live, man. I'm trying to teach you. I mean, clearly, I don't know how to live. I got three holes in my head, three holes that got filled in my head. <laughs> uh, what? Do you want to take that again? <laughs> because I have thoughts. I've only ever had one hole filled in my head, you know. Okay. Right. Anywho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I did an oopsie. <laughs> I walked right into that yeah. one. And the punji sticks of shame just shot through my body. What are they called? Punji sticks? Yeah. Right? I think they shot through your holes. Again, never. <laughs> you, you don't fall ass first into like a stick trap. 
Hey, according to people that visited my mom's doctor's office, sometimes you fall ass first onto apples. I that's the second reference to the <laughs> two episodes. You just are fixated with the the glass apple here on this day. I mean, you know, there aren't a lot of sex stores in Ohio. You know, he's just looking for something to fill a void. And... Ambiance, the store for lovers. That just had like edible, like fruit of, not fruit of the loom, fruit by the foot panties for people, and that was spicy. For no, 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 no. They had they had real sex toys too. What? Yeah, I went in one one time. Why? Uh, well, I, it wasn't on my suggestion, although I wasn't opposed to it. But it was a, a girlfriend I was with. We both went there together, and the creepy, greasy guy at the counter kept trying to sell us on things we didn't want, like anal beads and giant black dildos and things like this, when we were merely there for a vibrator and a cock ring. So, yeah, that's a misread of the client. Yeah. Um. You know... Anyway, I feel like this is after show content, <laughs> and I just said that on the regular episode, so I'm feeling like we should sign off. But that's fine, because that gives everybody a preview of what the after shows are really like, and why you should give us money. Yeah, This is my pay-on... Peon? Pay, no, peon is someone who works bef- below you. A payon. Peon is something that you might have happened to you. Why? I, I'm not testing you for diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That is the end.